guys and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me Sandy Byrne and today I am so honoured to be joined by a very very busy gentleman who is taking time out of the Florida sun to chat with us today. Uh, he tells us it's about what 45 degrees there at the moment? It was 80 uh, odd yeah. degrees I think in, 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 in American I'm currency. So we'll all be very jealous while we're listening to this today. So Jason, welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining me. So, um, thank you so I don't much want... for having me up. Oh, you're more than welcome. And I don't want to talk about you because you know you, okay? Um, I know that you're a solicitor. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background? And I'd love to hear how you got in to the whole mediumship and psychic side. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I was trained to be what we call in the United States attorney, but solicitor in York in, in the UK and Ireland. Um, a little background on myself. I've been a lawyer for or solicitor for 20 years. Uh, I do insurance stuff. So I sue insurance companies when there's hurricanes and I've done civil litigation. Recently, I've as of last week, actually, I'm moving more into this area of podcasting and entertainment, I guess, and production, being a producer type stuff with my best friend. We're, uh, we're working on those kind of things, and we're launching our new show called Psychic Visions, which is coming out in about three to four weeks. And that'll be something that'll be out there for people to check out with Electrocast Media. Those are our, our producers that we're working with. And there's just a lot of opportunities. I just, you know, I don't know what it was like over there for you guys during the coronavirus pandemic, but for us, it was pretty brutal here. And just to see things going forward, finally, I've been praying for this day for years and literally years right i mean we've been sitting still for years and i'm ready not to sit still anymore very so. true very true um and i love that and um any of the links that you give me i will put them in the description box attached to this so people can check you out your law website your your podcast and all the rest of it um and i love that and so how does somebody who trains as a solicitor go from being because i always feel that and maybe it's a personal thing that people kind of think oh you're, you're a psychic medium you know like people like stripe even won't allow me to open an account because i'm a psychic medium so as a solicitor do people take you seriously um i mean how do they feel about this when you tell them or do you tell them great question when i first started out my grandfather died in 2004 and when he died i had a spiritual experience that night i had orbs of light in a hotel room and he told me not to worry about him and everything's gonna be great. And I love you, son. And I went and got food. And then I realized I was like having this extra information coming to me. So for like 14 years, I kept it quiet because of exactly the reasons why you're saying, would people take me seriously? Over time, like I'm sure you understand being a medium yourself, you gotta realize people on the outside who are, are who they are. But when it comes to spirit, spirit has its own, its own goals for us, our, our spiritual path. And so, I learned over over time that it wasn't about me or fear of what others thought of me. It's about what can I do to help others? What can I do to connect them to their loved ones? How can I reassure and clarify and bring you know peace of mind to people? Those are the things I realized were more important to me than practicing law even. And so 
I guess over time, I just learned not to care what other people thought, especially when I did my own podcasting. I uh, determined over time as of 2017 that this is something that I would gradually do more and more. Never thought I'd do it full time, but here I am. But isn't it amazing to be able to do it full time, you know? Um, and, you know, it's interesting that you say it was when your granddad passed because over the years, and I've met so many people, you know, in this area, and there's always been something in life that pushes us back towards the whole spiritual side, isn't there? Like a death, um, you know, maybe so something else. I mean, I was diagnosed with PTSD several years ago, and when I was going through all of that, I really felt like I was being pushed back to connect with the spirituality which as a teenager I pushed away, you know? And can I just ask you, if you don't mind, did you ever, before your granddad's passing, were you ever aware of energy around you? Yes, I was. Uh, as a little child, I used to have what's called deja vu moments, I call them, and you probably the same way, where I would tell my grand, my grandmother was very psychic. We derived from Eastern Europe, the Czech Republic, and um, I believe that there's, some strong spirituality in the roots of that area because my grandmother had it her whole life and was quiet about it. But within the family, we knew my mom in her seventies now, because she's been around me and I and steeped in it. Like I'm sure you are like, it's our everyday life at this point. She started realizing that she had intuitive abilities as well. So I, I would say it's over time. It just became something I you just become familiar with. It's like riding a bike. The more you do it, the more comfortable you are with it you're going to gain information and then it becomes this reinforcing thing. And it, for me, it's been a, it's been a really great journey. I, I'm so glad that I have this in my life. It's great, isn't it? And I absolutely yeah. love the way you use the word ability because I'm blue on the in the face telling people, you know, people call it a gift and I just don't feel gifted. I always say it's an ability that we all have, you know, and all we need yeah. is somebody to bring it out of us. Well, and I also think one of the things I try to do with my, at least my platform is tell people everybody's got this. I call it an ability because if you work at it and you focus on it, you can develop it. I, I think it's kind of uh, disingenuous to call it a gift. If other people want to call it a gift to me, that's their business. But for me to call it that, you got to have a big ego. And I know a lot of people have big egos. Think of professional athletes. Can you imagine here in the States? Mm -hmm. You met a professional athlete and they're like, well, my gifts, well, my, like you would look at them and say, yeah. gee, ego much? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that people don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be proud of their achievements, but I do feel that some people, I suppose they, they're in a better situation. You know, I was having this conversation with my son here over the weekend because, you know, there isn't anywhere in our town to like play things like tennis you know, or basketball or, you know, so we could be the best tennis players in the world. I could be the, the real Serena Williams. But, you know, how would I ever know because I didn't try it, you know? So I think everybody should try it at some point in their lives. Now, I will make, an, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, I will make a distinction between people that can connect with spirit and people that can read for other people. Do you feel the same? You know, interestingly for me, I do both and I find it started out with just connecting um, as, a, as a medium. That was my first gift. Sure. And I think everyone has their own order of things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I didn't start reading for people as frequently as I do now, but now that I know how to do that, it's just like switching a hat. If someone asks me a mediumship question during a reading, I always tell them, ask me first because I like to go in that zone first and then I'll go into you know your future path or read your – I have whatever abilities I have. 
I don't really break it down and say I could do X, Y, Z. People ask me questions, whatever information I pick up, I generally tend to share. And from there, I kind of was like, oh, wow, I didn't know I could help find a missing dog until someone called and asked me in New York State while I'm in Florida one night a couple years ago. I had someone who met me at a wedding in New Jersey say, I know this is a long stretch, but can you help me find my missing dog? And I was like, I don't do that. And before I said I don't do that, I sat back and thought about it and then started connecting and help them find their dog within a, a, a day. And and so, you know, it's kind of like, you don't know what you, you can do until you can do it. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I push yourself. with it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be open to exploring that stuff. I 100% agree. And um, I noticed that you talk a lot about, you know, working with your intuition. And I know that maybe the terminology that we use in, you know, Europe or the States, whatever can be maybe a little bit different, but, um, I kind of got the impression, and maybe I'm wrong, that the majority of what you do might be psychic work, or do you do mediumship readings also? I do both. I do both. Do both. Um, cool. Majority of the people who call me always ask, I read energy, I tell people. So when you say you read energy, I don't use tarot cards. I've tried in the past, but they just don't really, I mean, they, they, they show a picture with the cards, mm-hmm. but for me, it's about the energy of the person. So I can read the energy. And most of the people call asking about, like, I'll say, give me three areas if you want. Like, if it's a 30-minute reading, give me three areas to focus on. And they usually say something like, well, career, romance, uh, social life, whatever. And I'll pick up on those areas. And then they'll say, oh, well, I I don't know if you pick up on anyone on the other side. I'll say, yeah, you know, ask me about them. And, you know, a lot of times I'll pick up details that they're floored by because they don't realize that death, isn't final and that life after death is just merely an ascension of the spirit to the next spot and that we're connected with our loved ones even mm-hmm. after death they stay with us they appear in our dreams at least my belief and they communicate with us like a subtle wi-fi signal and if we're able to clear the, the junk out of our heads that distracts us and like light pollution in the united states if you go in a major city and you try to look up at the stars in the sky you're not going to see much because of the lights they interfere from the city where you live mm-hmm. so i tell people just like you want to go out in the in the woods in the country here in the United States in, in the wilderness and have a better view of the stars and the sky and stare at the cosmos, so sh- should you also clear your mind, meditate, pray, you know, do those things to get connected to yourself within spiritually. And if you can do that, you might find that you're more open and, and receiving messages and information. I love that analogy. I mean, that's great. I always describe it as walkie talkies. Maybe I need to modernize my analogies a little bit. <laughs> Does anybody well, even use walkie talkies? <laughs> exactly. You know, as, as as long as they they get it, um, I you know, and I have to say that you know, I resonate so much with everything you say because there are so many differing views on it, and I find it exhausting too. I know you say that you know when you're in a in a reading, people say you know, can you connect with spirit? You know, you go from psychic to spirit, and each time you're doing that, you're having to raise your energy up, and then you're coming down to psychic level again, and you're raising up, and people don't always get how exhausting it is, and that there is a big difference between where you're reading psychically and where you're reading mediumistically, you know. So um, it's good to kind of get that out there, and I love that. Um, I want to go back to the whole uh, law thing again, okay? <laughs> because it blows my mind. And I suppose this is something that really crossed my mind when I said, oh my God, you know, he's a solicitor. Do you get feelings about things? Maybe I suppose not so much because you, you've, you've said to me now that you work kind of on the insurance level. Do people ever say to you, do you know how this is going to work out? Can you tell how this no. is going to work out? 
Absolutely not. I'll tell you what. Only me. Tell you what. Let me explain. In a perfect world, like on TV show or something, that'd be fun to have a psychic lawyer and have their clients ask, how do you think my case is going to work out? And I'll be like, I'm not going to sign you up because, you know, we're going to lose in a year. I w- That's unethical, first off. But let me tell you the big picture. As a lawyer, you know, we have ethics rules that are very strict on us. And I'm in five states, so I have five different sets of ethics rules that are all wow. the same, but each state has jurisdiction over me. And I, I tried to figure out how will I reconcile being a psychic and being an attorney, or as we say in the U.S., as a solicitor, as you say there. And when I looked at the ethics rules, I, I just simplified. I said, well, there's no provision in our ethics rules as lawyers that says, how do you handle the situation if you're a psychic lawyer? It's not written. They don't contemplate it. So the best way I handle that is I don't mix them. In other words, when I'm a lawyer, I don't tell people I'm a psychic lawyer. When I, I'm, just, I'm just a psychic after hours. I'll put on that psychic hat on after hours. If someone's engaging me to be a psychic, it's purely for educational purposes. I'm sorry, for entertainment purposes only. And it's not meant to be, um, you know, I've actually had a few instances where I've had psychic clients want me to do legal work for them. And in those cases, I referred them to other attorneys or the bar association. And then I've had cases where I've had psychic, I'm sorry, legal clients ask me for psychic advice, especially as my shows gained um, listenership. And I told them both the same thing. I don't mix them. So if you want to have a psychic reading, I'll have some recommendations for some psychics you can call because you're my legal client or prior legal client. And if there's a psychic client that wants legal advice, I have some lawyers you can talk to. I keep them separate. And I think that's the easiest way to clean so that you don't have a murky area because human, you know, humanity is not always perfect. While I like to be ethical and moral, you don't know the people you deal with if they're going to be ethical and moral and you don't want to have a situation arise where someone says oh well jason was my lawyer and he gave me psychic advice or jason was my psychic and he gave me legal advice so i've always kept those separate from yeah i totally get it and um as as a side of that because i know i i don't know anything to do with law and you will find that people will come for a psychic reading and they'll say i have this case coming up or i have that case coming up or whatever um, you know, how do you see it? And I kind of always say to people, you know, that a lot of cases, I don't know, maybe it's because I, I've watched too much telly in the past, but I do feel that a lot of cases can come down to the humor, maybe of a judge on a day or does your lawyer perform on a particular day and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's something that I tend not to necessarily read, you know, like um, people's health, law, you know, am I having a boy or a girl, you know, as a baby? So there might be certain things. Do you agree with that? I mean, would you kind of have the uh, same outlook i do i do i don't i'm not a medical intuitive nor do i claim to be and when people ask me on my radio show they'll call about their cases i'll say i don't give i don't give predictions on outcomes of cases talk to your attorney sure because that can interfere with their legal representation and when it comes to a case itself i know people always want to know like what's going to be the outcome and i always say you know, I always try to reassure them and say it's going to work out for you, but I can't tell you anything about where the outcome of that's going to be. Like, it's hard to pinpoint that. Plus, I think you could lose credibility as a psychic if you try, especially people who want to know, is this person, am I going to meet the love of my life tomorrow? Well, sure. you know, you're going to meet the love of your life when you're ready for that because that's free will. It's free will within yourself. It's free will within another person. And the reason we call it relationship, because you got to relate to each other. And so how am I, it'd be, it'd be erroneous for me or any psychic to say, you know, you can't be with that person. They're not meant to be with you. When the two of you work really hard to make it work, it could work. But the flip side of that is, oh, that person you're going to meet next week is the person for your rest of your life. That's like, 
malpractice as a psychic to predict that kind of stuff for people, I feel. I feel there's problems there. You can't just blanket tell people this is the love of your life. I tell people I can give you like a weather prediction that if you're going to meet this person and if you stay with this person and you work together, there might be a good possibility for the two of you have strong connections based on what I pick up. But I always leave that free will in their own department, so to speak, their own, you know, give people, empower people to make the opportunities to improve their own relationships because they can do that. They don't need a psychic to say, oh, you're going to, you know, put your hand on the pulse, your finger on the pulse and say, that's the person you'll be with the rest of your life. Because then what happens when that person doesn't work out? You all of a sudden have the credibility issue with your client. I love it. Are you telling me that you don't have a magic wand? Because I sometimes feel that clients expect us to have a magic wand. I like rose quartz. (laughs) (laughs) I like like crystals. But there's no magic wands. No magic wands, unfortunately. You know, it's up to everybody. And I love that because I I, I did listen to you in a couple of podcasts. And you talk a lot about, you know, positivity, you know, being positive, sticking to values and all that. And it's really important that people have input into their own lives, isn't it? You know, not just to kind of say, oh, well, this is the way Jason said it's going to work out. So there's nothing I can do about that. Of course they can. How do you view that? They become too, how do I phrase it? If you do that, I've had situations, I'll be honest, I've had situations where I read for people when I first started out in 2017 and I'd meet with them in person and they'd write notes or I'd do a recording of my of my audio like with them and then send it to them. And I've had a, I've had a few people where one woman transcribed everything I said at the first reading and came in with this printout 15 months later and she had a folder with my name on it and I was like, whoa, this lady is like, she's not playing around. <laughs> and I, I sat down with her and she, she she opens the folder and says, I'm ready to begin. And I'm like, cool. And she's like, are we recording this? And I'm like, we can. She goes, good, because I want another transcript of it. I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, you've made 14 predictions in a row here and I'm on number 12 and I figured I need an update. And I was like, well, that's a lot of pressure. You're telling me that 14 things I she goes, 14 things you told me out of them, 12 came in order and now we're at number 12 and I needed to get the upper, uh-huh. you know, another update and i was like wow okay yeah <laughs> and I've, I had, I've had different instances where people say they literally take literal what i have to say but i always tell people i don't ever claim to be 100 percent accurate and nor should you think i am either and so if you want to use it for entertainment purposes and print it out and look at it as a guide as a guide reference to go by that's great but don't hang on every word i say thinking that this is your future outcome because you're robbing yourself of free will you're robbing yourself of opportunity to live your life and make changes and choices, which of I think course. is pivotal and, if she and important. Was, if she was going around with a list in her pocket, she was manifesting that for herself because she was like saying, yes. oh, it's, go- it's going to go this way, so I'm going to do this to make that happen. So you, you can manifest it, but you can also change it if you don't like it. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't uh, recommend that as a rule for anybody, but at the same time, it's good for your confidence to know that you got it right, you know? <laughs> so I yeah. love that. I love, um, I love the emails I'll get from people I meet after the fact, like six months later, be like, oh, you blew me away back then. I just want to let you know that. And, and then you said three things would happen and I didn't believe you. And all of a sudden now they've happened. And it's very reassuring. I'm sure you know what I mean when I say that because you get it too. You do, 100%. Uh, you get the other side too. Don't get me wrong. You know, you'll get people tell you that. Um, and, and sometimes people will say, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. And we can only say what, what we're told, right? And whatever way we read people, you know, what we read from yes. them, uh, we can't make it happen. Again, the lack of a magic wand, unfortunately. 
Do you prefer being a psychic or a medium? I know you do both, okay, as do I. Do you feel that you're more one than the other? I feel like I'm both equally, but I enjoy the psychic part, intuitive guidance part on a day-to-day. I also love at the right moments when being a medium can really come in handy, meaning I've had situations over the years where I'll, I don't even like, before I, you know, not where someone's trying to call me and get a, a reading with me, but where I'm introduced to somebody before I was even a professional reader and they're really deeply grieving someone and I pick up on it and give them that, you know, organic experience where I'm picking up on the person who's coming through for a reason. And it's meant to, re- I mean, it's like, you can't, you can't, you can't bottle that. You can't put that on a website. That's real life experience. When you meet someone who's deeply grieving their loved one and you're able to pick up on that person to give them that clarity and that message and that consistency, I think like, I'll give you an example. If I'm in an Uber and my Uber driver, this has happened over the years, and my Uber driver is grieving somebody and I'll be like, oh, dude, are you grieving someone? Because I want to let you know that I'm picking up, I'm a psychic medium and I'm picking up on your aunt who passed away from cancer last year. And the person stops and turns around or, you know, one of those moments. And instead of it just being a drive now, it's it's, it's an impromptu kind of connection. And, And those are the moments I think that make us most valuable is when we don't profit from it. We're not trying to like have an ego out there that we're the best psychic medium ever or we're the best psychic ever. We're just there connecting someone to their deceased loved one and giving them that opportunity to see it for themselves and give them a chance to understand that this person's not dead, this person isn't away from you, they're around you. They're watching you paint your house for crying out loud or wanting to get a new car or getting a haircut since you know the last two weeks. Like Those variables come through for a reason to reassure people and give them comfort and give them peace of mind and help them hopefully allay their concerns of grief. Oh, I love that. And I, and I love that because I watch, have you ever heard of Teresa Caputo? She lives in New yes. York somewhere. And um, well, I love I, you. yeah, I used to watch her. I don't get a chance to watch telly anymore, but I used to watch her program when it first started. And um, like that, she would just say it out to somebody. And it's not necessarily something that I suppose I've ever felt comfortable doing. So I love that you feel that you can. Um, I always wait for people to ask. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's just me. You know what? I'm going to say this. I'll say this. There's a rhyme and there's, a, there's, there's no set rules, but, you know, there's some people who say you shouldn't talk to people and let them know something like that unless they're open to it. And, and I've only done it when people really have an openness yeah. to it. Yeah. I kind of um, like, like that. I was in a, um, a shop one time and I was buying granite for my fireplace and the woman that was there, you know, and we were talking for ages and she goes, are you Sandy Byrne, the, you know, the, the psychic? And I was like, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I suppose I am. And um, she said, like, is anybody around me? You know, this you, you kind of get it sometimes when you're checking into hotels, you know, for shows or whatever. Is there anybody around me? And I said, well, there's, there's, there's that man. Is that not your husband that's there? And, you know, he had cancer, whatever. And she just went white. And then it was like, you know, she got all emotional and she said, stop. So I think when somebody gets emotional like that, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. But that's I, that's probably me. Maybe I should do no, it. You're doing something right when you're getting someone emotional under the right circumstances, where if they're like, oh, my God, I'm so verklempt because how powerful of an impact that gives you. But if someone's not open to it, I always respect their wishes and I don't share things unless they want it shared. A hundred percent. I agree. I wanted to ask you, going back to your granddad as well. Um, because obviously you lost him and obviously I'm sorry for your loss because you were obviously very comfortable with him. Um, did I read right that Zook, the name that you use for your psychic work, comes from your granddad? Is that his yeah. name? Yeah, uh, my grandfather is Zukovic and my mom's maiden name. So like 
basically Zook is I got my name from a psychic premonition dream I had actually in 2012. I had a dream. Yeah, I had a dream that I was in a, a wooded in like a bar, like a, they call them green iguana. It's like a bar here in Florida. I don't know if they have them in the UK, but they're like basically it's a chain of bars and restaurant type thing, and it's a nightclub. And I was in a green iguana type place with all this woodwork, and they had multiple stages set up. And I remember walking around all these people, a sea of people, everybody wearing like these certain colored shirts. And I'm like, who's here? Who's here? What's going on? And this woman had like uh, dreamcatcher earrings, you know, the feather earrings, yeah, the dreamcatchers. And so she turned her head and she said, oh, Jason's looked the social psychics here. He's here for a appearance. And I was like, really? Who's that? And my real name is Siafalo. I'm Italian. So who's Jason's looked the social psychic? And I'm looking around, peering around at this large group of people. And I looked all the way on the horizon, the front of the room in my premonition dream. And there's a guy with the four. I saw the forehead up. And I know from this part up, that's me. But I didn't yeah. see myself. You know, so far away with all these people in between. And I woke up from that dream and I was like, I'm going to call myself Jason Zook, the social psychic. I'm either going to be on TV or I'm going to have a YouTube channel. I just knew I would be around groups of people. I would make money off revenue with advertising dollars. I'd be creative. I knew I was going to have all these things. Yeah. But I didn't start that until 2017. So for five years, I was going around telling people in private, oh, yeah, I had this really unique premonition dream and i was calling myself jason zook the social psychic so then i met my best friend at a wedding her name's megan kane and she's my co-host on psychic visions she's psychic too and she she knew about me from our circle of friends that i was psychic because i've been on a podcast or two and she heard about me and she goes at the wedding she she's at my table and she goes you're jason and i'm like yeah hi i'm megan um you don't know me but i know you're psychic and i'm psychic too and i'm gonna help you and we're gonna do a lot of work together and i was like whoa and long story short, she's you know one of the reasons I was able to launch myself and, and go in the direction I'm in right now. And it's been a unique journey over the years. But you know, having cancer and overcoming that, and doing a few other things, and just learning my own my own worth and self love and value and all the guidance of where you go just on a day to day basis and learning to live your true path. And I think that for me has to do with the reason why I'm doing this more now than any ever before. And I feel the need for us and our value to society is so great after we all been through a couple of years that have been very rocky. Yeah. And everybody has opened up more. I feel they're getting in touch with that side of life um, over the last two years. So I think it's amazing. Now you touched on something, which was actually the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is about your cancer. I'm not going to ask you about your health. You look great. I hope you're over it now. Yes. But um, you did diagnose your own cancer. It's yes. not something you'd advertise for customers, obviously, but how did that happen? I mean, no way. I'm an open book when it comes to interviews. I, um, you want me to tell you about that experience? I'd love that or? if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. So basically, I, I have an office still. It's a uh, about. I live on one island in Tampa called Harbor Island, and then I work on another island called Davis Island. So I go from one island to the next island for work through little bridges. It's funny. Cool. And I'm on my office in Davis Island a couple of years ago in 2018. And I went downstairs to go for a walk because, you know, balmy Florida weather and even March is very conducive for walking and being outside. And so I went and looked in this picture window for a dry cleaner's office, a dry cleaner. And I looked in the window. I was walking past it to go to my office. I got coffee. And I looked in the, in the mirror, in the window. It became a mirror this time of day at 1030 in the morning. It's reflecting me perfectly. And so I'm looking at my reflection, checking out my clothes, you know, looking at my, my, my outfit. I'm like, well, I look all right. And all of a sudden I got... Wouldn't it be weird if you had cancer in your body and you didn't know it? 
I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not hear that. Where did that and come from? And it came from? through again. It came through again. And I was like, come on now. Do I need to hear this right now? So I left that experience and I went upstairs and I was talking to my coworkers at the time who worked with me. And I was like, yeah, I just had a really weird experience. I was looking at my reflection in a, in a window. And it basically, my body intuitively told me, wouldn't it be weird if you had cancer in your body and you didn't know it? And my friends were like, no, 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 that's nonsense. Don't talk like that. You know, power of intention. Like, I'm just telling you what I got. And then I went back and told family and I told some people and then I left it in the fourth, in the background. I didn't think about it. Five months later, I had to go in to get a CAT scan for my diverticulitis and I suffered. It's an intense intestinal issue that if you deal with it, you know, I had it for 15 years and my doctor's recommending surgery. Part of me put off the surgery for like two years thinking, ah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'm glad I did put it off. Because then I went in for a CAT scan to pre, pre-op for the surgery, get prepared for it. And my doctor calls me in August and says, in 2018, he says, uh, Jason, uh, listen, before we go forward with everything else, I need you to meet with your urologist. I'm like, uh, you're what? <laughs> Why? That's not diverticulous, reticulitis related. And he's like, we think you have stage one kidney cancer on your right kidney and we need to get you into a consult. And I was like, oh my God, my premonition. Like yes. I've had premonitions happen. Like when my grandfather died, Seven years before he passed, I had the premonition that he would die and I'd be by myself with no one to console me. When he mm-hmm. passed away, I was by myself in Wisconsin covering a deposition, stranded at a hotel room overnight with no one to console me. But instead of it being a negative experience, it became a majorly positive one because that's the time I became an openly psychic to myself, at least, and understood that I'm a medium. With the cancer thing, it was a spiritual upheaval that caused me to lose 50 pounds, caused me to end a toxic relationship, caused me to end a toxic business relationship. It's been a a work in progress, but in the last five years since that's happened, my life is fundamentally different. I'm on an entirely different path than I ever would have been on originally. Not only have I changed the appearance of myself by losing the weight and being more in tune with my body, but I've also increased my spiritual practice. I've also been willing to take risks, not fear life, not worry about what other people think of me. Uh, My self-love has grown a lot and I don't let outside influences interfere with my life goals and my desires. So that's like a lot of growth that I've done in a few years time. It's an ill wind doesn't blow some good. That's what my grandmother used to always say. My grandmother was also a psychic medium and you know, I always refer back to her sayings. Sorry. And she comes to you and dream. she's very connected to you. And I feel like you dream about oh, her or have connections with her very strongly. And I feel like she's actually helped you on your road. Like my grandfather's helped me on mine. Yeah. Isn't it great to have that like team behind us in the spirit world? Oh. You know, I oh, have I- pictures of a couple of my family members up there because all going back generations of my family were all readers. And I'm always kind of saying um, I have a family member here who died in a motorcycle accident when he was 31. And I look at his picture, you know, you know, some days you just don't feel it as much as you do other days. And I'll just go, Kevin, go into the spirit world there and get this person's father for me or get this person's mother or whatever. And just to have that backup with your loved ones in spirit. It's just amazing. It really is. I could talk to you all day. Go on. Sorry. I I said it's priceless. It's priceless when you think about it. And do you... Sorry, there's a slight delay just for guys that are listening. I'm not trying to talk over Jason. I do apologize. Take the floor, Jason. Well, I was just going to say it's 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 great. I love to have another spiritual practitioner like yourself interview me because as we're talking, I know for a fact everything I'm talking about with you, you do yourself. You read energy. You're very connected to your loved ones. You help a lot of people heal. 
I see the guidance that you give people just by connecting your energy through our interview right now. You could be in Ireland and I could be in Florida, but I could see where your spirit family, I see your heart is in it. I've seen you struggle with it over the years, but you're on a really good path coming out right now and you're about to break out in ways you don't even realize. And I see you collegially doing a lot of things coming up for yourself. Thank you. It's good to hear because I plan so much in my head, but I find it hard to actually, you know, find time to do everything and, and just get it out there. Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I know you have it in several places when you, you talk about different things, is synchronicity. I love it. Okay. Can you explain <laughs> to people who've never really, um, you know, don't understand it? What does it mean? How can it help? Perfect. Uh, to me, it's a law of gravity and a law of nature. I believe it's a universal law. And, and what I mean by that is for anyone who's grieving a loved one and they let's say you lost your mom and you're really lost without her and you're really sad and you don't think you're connected to her at all and you just feel devoid of any spirituality. I would say, well, just like I brought up the stargazing earlier kind of thing where you can, you know, basically go out in the woods and stay away from the light pollution to look up and see the stars when you're grieving someone go get counseling go get your mental health in check you know see a counselor see a grief person get that in check but then also know going into synchronicity i would believe very firmly that if i was to tell you sandy that you're breathing right now you'd say yes i'm breathing and if your listeners are listening they're breathing as well because we're all here but now are we going to every second of our of our reality one breath two breaths three breaths and we're like you know we don't do that it's natural no. so to me death and living is natural too in the sense that there's things at work that, that are subtle energies when we cross over we become subtle energy we're interconnected with our loved ones because i like an umbilical cord love is our umbilical cord that connects us to each other and so our loved ones are that wi-fi signal that subtle wi-fi signal that you can pick up on yourself and synchronicity is the manner in which they communicate with us, the manner in which they let us know that they're there. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So my grandfather leaves me pennies all the time when he wants to communicate with me, when I'm making major decisions, like should I leave being a lawyer to do podcasting and creative stuff more? I'll wind up with pennies. Or a couple weeks ago, three days in a row, I got woken up at 5.55 a.m., five minutes before my alarm clock goes off, and I look up and I'm like, 555 means new beginnings. So obviously i'm being told i'm on the right path or i mean the synchronicity could just go anywhere between times of day or music or seeing a bird or finding a penny but the real part of it is how does it intertwine with what you're thinking about in other words if you're sitting there and you're really longing about your mom and you miss her and you know how much she loved frank sinatra for example or how much she loved Jimi hendrix yes. and you're thinking about these things things and all of a sudden you're flipping through your cable channels or your cable you know your tv channels and you find Jimi hendrix is on a, a commercial or some type of show that's a documentary about woodstock that's my mom i'm bringing up my mom's still alive but my, my example is you can find this and you can say yeah this is coincidence if you're a skeptic or that's random but when you start seeing that happening more than one time in a row and it usually happens in a, in a row Mm -hmm. between like if you're thinking about mom and it's three 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 in the afternoon or if you're looking outside go for a walk and you see a bird that's just like right there and regal and it's beautiful and you're like that's got to be spiritual and so what i tell people about spirituality is 
it's kind of like my grandfather woke me up one day during the pandemic when I was feeling a little stressed out about finances and money and stuff. And I was like, ah, COVID, it's just terrible. I, I feel bad about everyone who's going through it, but financially it impacts everybody too. And I'm in the house all the time and I'm going through this depression that everyone else feels like they are too. And I remember my grandfather came to me in a dream and it was like a Thursday morning, like a year ago. And my grandfather said, look at what happens today. Pay attention to the, the larger things that happen. Zoom out. So I was like, okay, what's going to happen today? Is a meteorite coming and crashing down or is it like, what am I going to find? I'm like looking everywhere for some, like an expectation, like thinking something's coming up. And all of a sudden, in the course of that day, I let it kind of, I wrote down unique things that happened. And that day I was worried that night before, am I going to be, you know, continuing to be, keep going? Am I going to be successful? And it was funny because not only did I get two new clients for my law business at the time, I got two new psychic readings requested and I got two new guests for my show, two, two, two. So I had the synchronicity of the numbers and then I had the message from my grandfather telling me, yes, you're going to be continuing. You're going to thrive because you got two clients here to this, to that. And so that's a level of synchronicity. That's like a higher level of learning kind of understanding kind of thing I feel, but simplistic nonetheless which is if you feel like you're bogged down by something, zoom out. Look for the messages and the breadcrumbs our loved ones will leave us because they will leave us breadcrumbs. It could be a distinct message in your brain that you're thinking about somebody and you all of a sudden get a memory or some type of thought. It could be a show on TV. It could be a song on a radio. It could be a bird. It could be a penny. There could be a variety of things. It's not exactly what it is. It, how, it's more like how does it coincide with what you're thinking about? How does it tie into what you're yearning for? What do you desire? Like if you want to connect to your mom and next thing you know, you go in a casino and you see three ladies that look just like her from behind. That's not coincidence. No, or, you know, you go to a gross, you go to a restaurant and your waitress could be your mom's name. Yes. While you were just talking about it to your other loved one. Like these things happen. They just mm -hmm. do. And they've happened to me oh so much over the years. It's kind of like spirit's way of getting your attention, I guess, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> I had one night where I was joking around with somebody about synchronicity and I went and ordered Uber Eats and my receipt was like 1777. It was food for one. 1777, right? And then it was like I went and I came back and I had another thing come in and it was 888. Like 888 was the number from like a, a, a residual thing, like a, um, a order number. And then I was talking to somebody about it who was with me, and it was 1010 when we were talking about it. And then an hour later, when they called me to talk about it, it was 1111. So we had 777, which was 1777, 888-1010-1111, sequential numbers in the same night. And then the next day, I had something big happen that was very positive. So, oh, I love that. I love that. I suppose um, a lot of us here, would that my listeners, I know we refer to them as spirit signs, encouragement from the spirit world. So I guess synchronicity is just another lovely name that we can use for it now. <laughs> I yes. love it. Jason, I could talk to you all night because I just feel like I resonate with everything that you talk about and your beliefs, you know, um, that, that were very similar on this. And I want to thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. I'm going to put all your details um, here. I'm going to ask you one last question, if that's OK. What sure. would you say to the listeners who are listening to you at the moment? 
And they say, I would love to do what he does. I'd love to break out of this nine to five, you know, and I, I like whether it's the spirituality, holistic side or whether they just, you know, I don't know, maybe they want to be an opera singer or something, you know, because you're kind of doing it. And this is the perfect time. So I'm also a numerologist and we've got 2022. We've got all the twos. The two is the number uh, for change to bring in change into your life, you know. Um, so if people are going to do it, it's going to be this year and you're making those big changes what would you say to other people who are thinking on that right now you know i love the question and i'll say this i never thought of myself as a risk taker but i have been a risk taker over the years even just branching out and becoming a lawyer on my own like working at my own law firm by myself as a solo practitioner for a certain number of years i've done since then and since 08 i would just say to anyone who really wants to pursue their life passion think about what you're most passionate about and explore it and do so in a way where you can control the outcome to an extent. What I mean by that is if you need a side hustle, if you need something on the side as a hobby, I gave readings for hobbies forever. I, I used Groupon. I don't know if they have Groupon in the UK, but yeah, when I first started my own psychic stuff, it was uh, an LLC, but I did Groupons. I didn't take it seriously at first. I would just you know, show up. I feel like I needed an internship, a spiritual internship for myself. So I gave great discounted readings and i had a lot of experience doing it and i wasn't letting people's input knock me down wow. and, and and i'll say this if you have someone in your life who could serve as your muse like megan my best friend she was there all along to like hold me up and guide me as a psychic uh she had her own metaphysical shop so in that respect it helped but you just gotta you just gotta surround yourself with the right people who aren't gonna be naysayers surround yourself with people who are gonna support you and when you feel shaken don't get so shaken to the point where you want to give up. You know, you, you can shake, you can get shaken. You can feel like you're deflated. But at some point, one of the things I've learned over the years, and I've learned this from podcasting, actually, every guest that's come on my show are very, it, it just talks about the resiliency of the human spirit. So recognize your own resiliency because there's nothing in your life that can knock you down so far that you're, you can't pick yourself back up. And if you have the determination within yourself, you can make things happen. You can manifest things, you know, manifest things, learn how to manifest, get a dry erase board and some markers and put down your goals and meditate and be spiritual. Those are all things I would tell somebody, no matter what field you're looking to do, we're spiritual beings inhabiting physical bodies. Mm -hmm. And the more we're aware of that, you won't fail. It's about learning experiences. And if you take the word failure out of your vocabulary, I know it sounds very like, you know, cliche to say you won't fail, but I believe we're on here to learn. We're on our planet to learn. And this is school. And obviously you got to make a living. You got to be successful to the extent where you can, but don't be hard on yourself. Let go of the past, forgive people who've hurt you, learn to be gracious in your own right and focus on the things that matter to you. Cause when you do that and you serve a purpose that's positive for others, everything else will fall in the line. I love it. There's no failures, only learning experiences. Isn't that right? And yes. um, I always say to people, and you've been reading for a number of years now, have you ever had someone come back after their physical passing and, and talk about the things that they've done in life? Because I haven't. They always come back and talk no. about the things that they didn't do. So don't ever take that regret with you to the other side. That's what I always 100%. say to people. You know, I agree 100%. Jason, thank you so much. Um, I'll tell people to get in contact with you. Jason um, does great readings and I mean, he's got amazing reviews. And as you can tell, he is um, so easy to talk to. 
So Jason, thank you so much. And I will talk to you all on the next episode of Life After Life. Discussing everything.